Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharf Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Sometime. Give me good old line, set a reason and a rhyme Jump and sing all the time Work out a ease of my mind Oh, it's a Carolina day On a plane out of Logan, up comes Sogan Talking on the off easy time Working out a bottle of rip I want to breathe in that clean, fine southern air That is... Yep. The man, the, the legend, legend, the myth, Livingston, Livingston Taylor. Taylor. We are so excited, you guys. I can't even. You, you have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea. That, I'm, a, I'm a little kid, again, listening to that. Me too. That's the soundtrack, uh, soundtrack to driving around, being Absolutely. happy, no worries. On an 8-track. On an 8-track and our dad's 1971 Oldsmobile Cutlass Cruiser. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it was red. It was. A cool car. White top. So. Today on the podcast, that's right. We we are actually interviewing. We're not kidding. We are Livingston Taylor. We have we have uh, an interview. We did. We actually did this interview live in yes. front of a studio audience. <laughs> exactly. Our first live from from uh, Ralph Jackadine's music business class at, at Berkeley School of Music. Berkeley School of Music in, in Boston, in Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. So no, we're not being brought to you live from Culver City, California. <laughs> But uh, from the campus of Berkeley, uh, we were, yeah. and and it was so great. And he was so generous with his time. Absolutely, it was an early class. He got there early. Got there, in, you know, before nine o'clock in the morning. Drove in on his BMW, on his BMW. like it's just like full of energy and just like yeah, not in his BMW, on his BMW motorcycle. Right, exactly. exactly. Just a whole and you know, and it was a it was it was a nice day, but it was still he had he brisk. had called Ralph, his manager, uh, to ask if he should bring a guitar. And we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah, great. Definitely. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm riding the motorcycle. And do you think, and and we were like, you know, you know no, I don't want to be responsible for, for injuring a legend. A living legend. You know, that would make, I, would, I, don't, I, so. I don't think I would get over that. So, so yeah, so super excited about yeah. this. Um, he, he's just, we love bringing you guys um, different perspectives, different yes. ideas that the way people see things and how, where they are in mm-hmm. the industry. And he's obviously in a position to see a things in a different way. Position. Right? Yes. So, um, just, Super excited, you guys. This is, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, his music, his his career has spanned over 50 years. Yeah. He's been teaching at Berkeley for almost 30. Almost 30 years. You know, obviously the family, you know, has some modicum of success. Yeah, I mean, you I, know. I think his brother's done all right. So uh, <laughs> so his perspective is is really fascinatingly informed by his experience. Absolutely. And so you guys, uh, you're, you're in for a treat. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. Sit back. Relax. Relax. Enjoy this uh, this conversation we had uh, with Livingston Taylor. Now, are the two of you uh, twins? We're not, but I love it when that happens yeah. because it makes me younger. Now he's yeah. younger. Yeah. So, yeah, good. And I'm good. never going to hear the end of this now. Well, because, because wouldn't you guys agree that the similarities are so close here? The mannerisms, having a, uh, a brother that I am close <laughs> to as well, is it... It, uh, it's a very nice feeling. It reminds me of not only my brother James, but my brother Hugh, and the fact that the three of us together are really yeah. um, you, uh, in sync. You guys actually really do get along well, too. Which what uh, 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 brothers? Like, yes, th- yes. Which, we we get along. We get along very well. Yeah. 
And so, which is great. So yeah, yeah you're you're well, used to this. The two I was going to say you're yeah. used to the like familial that. thing. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, absolutely. Carry on the tradition. We're trying to carry on the tradition of brothers who don't hate each other. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So that's who good. aren't punching each other on yeah, stage. That's so. okay. Although I wouldn't let him teach me how to play guitar. Mm. So we both play guitar, but but I I, I resisted. Yeah. And and having heard you describe how James instructed you in playing guitar, I'm kind of glad I didn't. Yeah. I it's, would rather not get hit. Uh, yeah, well, it's um, James Taylor is a really great guitar player, Absolutely. and having him teach you how to play is worth a, a shot in the shoulder <laughs> periodically. Fair enough. I, a maybe sore I shoulder is a yes. minor um, yeah. I'd probably a be a minor better guitar player if I had let Adam teach me, so yeah, that's probably that's true because right. he's... And what I lacked too. in money I could uh, I could give up in, in pain. <laughs> <laughs> so then, when was the moment that you knew that this was what you had to do? The, was there It's not... It's, it's not an issue of a moment when you know that you have to do it. It's the moment that you know that it's possible to do it. Okay. Um, uh, the, the, um, you have the thought that this is the direction you might want to go in, number one. Then number two, you start thinking about, you start moving in that direction, preparing, experimenting. And for me, it happened uh, uh, literally uh, right down the street. I was at uh, uh, in a gymnasium at Boston University, and I'd been playing. I'd been doing shows. I'd been, I'd been working at it. But I had a show with Joni Mitchell, and Joni Mitchell was the headliner, and she was she was. This is, I'm thinking this is 68, six, uh, 69, something in there. But she's, uh, um, she's doing well. And, uh, and uh, I got a slot opening for her as third on the bill. And there was a guy before me who's actually still around who will remain nameless. And, <laughs> and he came on stage, and there were about... Uh, a couple of thousand people in this gymnasium to see Joni. And he sort of did a second-by-second second recounting of his life to date. And, man, it was boring. And, <laughs> and, this, and it, it just wasn't very good. And the audience was restless. And so they then brought me on stage, and they were grumpy. That audience was... <laughs> you know, we're here to see Joni Mitchell. And I went on stage and played and by the end of it I got a standing ovation and an encore and I was about 25 minutes in but the thought in my brain wasn't oh this is great this is a because it because it it didn't mean that doesn't mean anything what really meant something was this works I built a vehicle with the hope that it would go down the road and it goes down the road <laughs> it drives it moves you uh, um, you let out the clutch and it goes someplace and that was enormously um, relieving to me that I built it and I understood now that it worked that it could overcome obstacle and keep on going 
So that was a huge point. So the notion that uh, um, that sort of at seven, I like, oh, oh God, I must be a player. No, 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 no. Wow. No. What's fascinating about that is that is such a, a really brilliant industry minded way to think about it. It's very easy for artists who are successful yeah. to not understand they're playing for an audience. Yeah. To not understand how important the audience having a good time is. And for you to know like early well, this is good. I could I could absolutely do this. That's fascinating. But not not that I could do it, that it worked. I, I, it's it's a very different okay, thing. Right, right. I can I can do it and have it not work. But it but 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 it works. Right. And that and that question was solved. Now we do other things. Okay. One of the first things I had to do once I knew it worked. One of the first things I had to do um, was to learn more. Um, uh, I, I, now that I knew this was going to be viable. Now I had to. Now I knew the car would go. Right. Now right. we've got to improve it. Now, what are the problems with it? Do we need to build a, a cover over it? How do we make it run better? How do we make it more reliable? These these very basic questions. And the first thing I understood was that I did not sing well enough. I was not a good singer and that I was uh, uh, and that I had to learn more about my instruments and in particular my voice and so by the age of 20 and maybe it was 21 but certainly by the age of 20 I had a voice teacher and I of course have a voice teacher to this to this day I um, uh, I study voice a lot because uh, all due respect to the wonderfulness of me I am not a very good <laughs> singer and I have to work on it to be good and um, uh, it's one of the great dilemmas that I have with my students and uh, and those of you who uh, uh, have me in class you hear me uh, complain about this all the time that that you get to a certain point where it works well enough that it will get you from place to place, yeah. but well. you don't keep improving it. And, and you've got this youth bonus that right. kicks in. <laughs> I, I call it a youth bonus, and it's about a 20%. Uh, uh, it starts at around 20% bonus, 20% uh, advantage that you get for youth at around the age of 17, 18. Um, uh, it might have been a 50% or <laughs> 70% advantage at 12 or 13. Right, right. Um, but that starts progressing. You start spending that down. And by, or it goes down whether you spend it or not. <laughs> right, but, right, right. But right. you spend that down and you wind up at 30, and that youth bonus is gone. <laughs> And now right, right. you're in my world. Right. Yeah. And I hope you've worked hard because right. I'm going to kick your <laughs> butt. Are we clear? That's awesome. Good. I am not. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the notion, this notion that you have to keep working on it, 
the notion that you would get out of the Berkeley College of Music and you would expect that there's enough skill set to take you to a certain place. Um, if you were going to go, uh, uh, instead of being here, if you were at uh, graduating from uh, BC or from Harvard, you'd um, be on to postgraduate. You would have perhaps been pre-med. You go on to medical school. That's going to take you another four years. So you get out of medical school and you do a residency. That's going to take you a few years, and then you start to specialize. And that's going. To, you're not even. You're not even. Uh, 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 you have not set up shop until you are well in your thirties. They have not handed you the keys until way later on. So I suggest that what you learn here is how to study, what to study, who to call when you need to figure something else out because uh, um, jeepers, there's uh, uh, the higher up you go, the tougher the competition becomes. And at those top levels, as I'm fond of saying, Find the worst team in the NBA, the National Basketball Association. Find the worst player on the worst team and go play one-on-one -on -one <laughs> basketball with them. Right. They will play better than anybody you've ever seen in your life. God, they're good. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. what you're asking for here. Learn how to improve the quality of somebody's life. Sometimes you can luck into it. You can be born so talented or so good looking <laughs> that just walking into a space you improve people's lives. Right. right. Um, um, I was uh, I was down in Washington D.C. and uh, John Williams, the conductor, was conducting the uh, Washington Symphony and and. Uh, the National Symphony and his mu movie music. I go backstage afterwards. Uh, 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 I, I've known John for a long time, and and who should walk in backstage but Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise is better looking in person than anybody you've ever seen it's just <laughs> wow that's a good looking person it's uh, uh it's really dramatic when you understand just how good looking somebody who's professionally good looking is <laughs> right. i'm serious yes. yes and yes and when you see somebody who walks in front of 1000 3000 10,000 people and has been doing it for decades, I'm telling you, they're good. They are, um, they are a lot better <laughs> than you think they are, and they're good on a lot of different levels. So the question is, can you continue to learn? You are defined, you are as strong as the weakest link. So if you if you're a, a, a terrific singer, an okay lyricist, and a crummy piano player, 
study piano. Work on your weakness. Your strengths will never be so good that they will overcome your weaknesses. It cannot happen. You are defined by what you can't do. And you need to improve those things. And what that does is it gives you a base that then you can be in the game. Right. Sure, you want to be uh, you, you want to be the lead singer. Uh, if you can't be the lead singer, while you're waiting to be the lead singer, <laughs> you want to be able to make a living arranging, Offer recording, right. playing a little piano. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll see. Sure, I can sing backup, right. and then. If the stars align, you get that other shot. But I'll tell you, so uh, uh, practice those skills. Get good doing a lot of things. And um, I love it when, 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 when my students say, well, what I'll do is, um, I, are you practicing your guitar skills? I'm waiting for a teacher. I'm looking to take lessons. <laughs> At which point I go, no. What you're looking for is a reason why you're not doing the work. Do the work. I love it when people ask me to teach them guitar and I say, well, listen, you want me to teach you guitar. If you want to pay me to watch you rehearse, to watch you practice, I'll do that. But it's thousands of dollars, <laughs> thousands of dollars a lesson. Other than that, I'll give you a lesson right now. Make the instrument make noise. Call me in six months. Yeah. So you you so you didn't think that vocals were your were your that was where you felt like you had to improve the most. Well, I knew it. I, uh, I listened to it. I, I'm not an idiot. I listened to my singing. This guy sucks. And uh, so, um, what what did you think was your what was your strong? Looking suit? back on it, I didn't know it at the time, but looking back on it, because uh, uh, my manager Ralph Jackadine and I have been piecing together a project along with is Brittany here? Yes. Uh, uh, along with Brittany Bethune and uh, my wife Gail we've been piecing together a project uh, a retrospective of uh, my 50 years of doing this and what really surprises me is I was a very good guitar player at the age of 18 yeah. I could play the pejeepers out of the guitar, and um, and so I, I had good time. I played the guitar well, had a lot of energy and strength, and I wrote interesting songs, interesting melodies, yeah. and uh, um, uh, an occasionally good word idea. And so uh, those were the strengths that I had, and uh, and by the time I was uh, twenty seven. Uh, 26, 27, I turned into a good singer as well. Yeah. But, it, uh, but, it, uh, but it only came out of going to work on it. Oh, that's fantastic to yeah. hear. Yeah. I, so I, I've always thought you were a great singer, but it's interesting to, to, to hear that perspective from you as about yourself. Yeah. What, so that makes me want to ask you this question. Yeah. Um, as a songwriter, now that you feel like, when you felt like you were really sort of accomplished as a singer as well. Were there songs of yours that you had recorded or not recorded from the from previous that you really enjoyed going back and playing? 
when you could really sing them? It's a good question. No, I, uh, uh, when early on I wrote to my voice, you, you always write to your limitation. Um, uh, it's one of the reasons why I, uh, I, I can't bear singer-songwriters because, <laughs> because the singer writes to the incompetence, uh, 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 sings to the incompetence of the writer, the writer right. tolerates the incompetence of the writer, <laughs> and the writer tolerates the incompetence of the singer because they're both the same person. And they're and they're willing to accept uh, uh, to cut the other side, <laughs> slack, accept limitations, and move on. Yeah. And yeah. but I, but I like to think about what it would be if if uh, and all of this came about um, uh, in in my opinion. Much of this came about in uh, uh, around 1960 in the entrance of multi-track recording, because multi-track recording allowed the exploitation of different personality traits on record. Once, before the 1960s, before multi-track, they had a little stereo, yeah. but it was mono or stereo, but it was going to be 11 a.m. on Tuesday, yeah. and 75 people were going to show up in a <laughs> recording studio, and every one of them were going to do their job well, or they wouldn't be there ever again yeah, yeah. and so the idea of a singer songwriter the idea of a person who writes well and can't sing their way out of a wet paper uh, bag <laughs> it, you can go out and hear so, uh, recordings of uh, 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 when we began the begin who's uh, who's that um, uh, Cole, Porter Cole Porter singing yeah and you can hear Cole Porter singing you go we can't have this person as a singer-songwriter. <laughs> we can't have 75 people in the studio. No. Let's get Cole Porter and Ella Fitzgerald to sing it. Right. Cole Porter will write. That's proven. Let's get Ella to sing it. Because we need somebody who can, we can depend on. Right. And so that's the, that's the, that's the great dilemma uh, that was solved by multi-track recording. Now, in my day oh boy do i hate saying that in my day <laughs> in my day recording was expensive to get into a recording studio um a recording studio itself was hundreds of thousands of dollars if not millions of dollars of resource and to get space in that recording studio you had to pass through a lot of gates a lot of people were going to go not yet now, of course, I literally can right now record, I can write the song right now, and I can have it recorded and post it. What, 15 minutes? Worldwide distribution in 15 minutes. Has anybody put out for worldwide distribution an idea that you've had in 15 minutes that in 24 hours you wish you hadn't put out there? <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen, brother. Amen. I'm telling you, access isn't a great idea. Um, uh, I, I had access to my Facebook page for about 12 minutes. I immediately got myself in so much trouble that I said to Brittany Bethune, take this over. 
do not let me touch this again. I need a filter, obviously. And the real interruption is not knowing how hard the work is going to continue to be if you wish to play at the higher levels. Do you think it's it's necessary to have outside guidance about what you need to be working on? Or do you think, <laughs> what, or, and what I mean by that is, do you, of course we need outside influences and help from yeah. masters, but do you think internally we all have a sense of, oh, I totally need to work on that? Like if you ask yourself, right now, my career is weak, and whatever the first thing that pops into your head, is that it? One of the great difficulties we face is good gatekeepers, good editors. Yeah. God, a good editor is hard to find. Right, right. There, it's, it's, I, yeah. and, and this one makes me ache. And by the way, I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning um, as I, as, uh, as I, occasionally do and what was in my brain at four o'clock was my students and what am I getting across to them am I getting too old am I out of this loop am I um, uh, and these are these are questions that that haunt me the the thing that really haunts me is how do we give good guidance when I was a boy I was in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Let me tell you the problem with Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Chapel Hill, North Carolina doesn't have, it might have a good piano teacher, but it doesn't have five good piano right. teachers. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Atlanta, Georgia has 12 exceptional <laughs> piano teachers. Right, right. Maybe it's six, right. but you've got access to one of them. Yeah, right. yeah. Chapel Hill doesn't, and, and my piano teacher, um, uh, for me, wasn't any good. I didn't like her, and she didn't <laughs> like me. <laughs> and, and as a result, I lost, I lost probably seven years before I was able to get back to the piano and go after it. Dang, you need access to great instructors. One of the great, one of the things that we lost by the explosion of the internet, one of the, uh, we lost, uh, it eviscerated the income stream that financed gatekeepers. So when I was recording, we had a gatekeeper to get into the recording studio. Uh, that was somebody, a company or something that had amassed enough resource, had concentrated enough money to be able to, on my behalf, hire a recording studio. So. I was 19. My producer, uh, uh, at that time, a, 
uh, a guy named John Landau, um, who now who went on to produce and now manages Bruce Springsteen, and has has done his career. But John and I, John was probably, I was 19. He's probably 22 or something, maybe 23. And the head of the record company, Capricorn Records, a guy named Phil Walden. He was a maniac, but he was probably in his early 30s. But they were distributed by Atlantic. And now we're moving up, because now we've got Ahmet Erdogan and Jerry Wexler. So all through there, there were ages of maturity and guidance. And they didn't get involved all the time, but things would drift past them. They go, how's that, uh, how's that Livingston Taylor project for Phil Walden doing? Good. Oh, no. Oh, they got a little buzz. How many, how many units have we moved? Hmm. Yeah, show me where they've uh, gone. Let's figure out if we want to spend a little more money on that. Maybe push it a little harder. So these yeah. decisions, these, that flow, what we lost in the Internet is we lost financing for gatekeepers. We lost access to the people who meter it in. Now we do it with things like crowdsourcing. Listen, I love crowdsourcing, but every now and again, an elder, when she, listen, she's going to make decisions that are going to help the company and are going to further the bureaucracy. But every now and again, and I look at it about 5% of the time, maybe 3% of the time, she'll look at the assembled crew and she'll go, I'm telling you, this is great. And we're going to sign this person and we're going to record them and we're going to force them into the marketplace because this is important. I haven't asked you people for a lot, but I'm asking you for this. And I'm telling you, walk this one with me. And again, you can't get away with it a lot. Right, right. But a little bit. Yeah, right. Little, yeah, yeah. little poquitito. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so. To lose those gatekeepers, can you imagine a John Hammond with Bob Dylan right, right. walking into CBS, and here's a guy who looks and sounds like a, a, a somebody is dragging a galvanized garbage can down the street, <laughs> and they go, "Are you uh, are you high? We can't sign this. Yeah, we're going to sign this guy, and we're going to push him because I'm telling you." It's great. And society needs it. So this notion of only crowdsourcing, it makes me very queasy in my stomach. Um, uh, I, 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 oh, gosh, I, I get, tend to get carried away. <laughs> but on this, on this same point, somebody had given uh, some money to a scholarship that I have. Um, and, and so I went to see the scholarship people and we were talking about this and they said well we'll put together a committee and we will choose a person who's worthy of the scholarship and I said that means I'm going to choose them or me and the the other people on the committee I said if I choose them I'm going to choose me by me I mean somebody who looks like me I don't want me I want the anti me <laughs> I want me. 50 years ago. Right, right. right. 
I want me going, you know, this, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate you, Livingston Taylor. That's <laughs> right. the person I want to be choosing. Right, I, right. And, I, uh, and so I'm for, I forgot where we were. We were. We're talking about uh, looking for uh, whether you can internally. Uh, we're looking for yourself. the. Yeah, yeah, looking for that. That instruction. That. Yeah. The, that growth. And, and finding great teachers. And what yeah. you do is you can't afford to live in truly great cities uh, because you're broke students. So you live on the periphery of great cities. Right. And. Um, you know, you live an hour from New York. You live in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania or something. You drive in, what is 70 or 80, and get, and, get to, uh, and get to town. And you go into New York, and you call up the person who you want to be around, whose genius you're attracted to, and you go in and you see that person, you call them up, and they say, I want to hang out with you. And they go, go away. <laughs> I don't like kids. I don't like you. Leave. And they go, no, I'm not leaving. You have something to teach me. And I'm going to stay here until, you, until I get to hang around and watch what you do. And then when you say to them something to the effect, when you um, look at this potential mentor and you say to her, you know, I've just have, okay, I'll leave. Just one question. Um, I noticed that in 1974, when you were uh, arranging a part of the other, what, why did you go to the dominant seven on that and not to the, um, they're, they're, oh man, they're, well, we were there and the guys, and so I put in the seven and it just worked great. Um, okay, one more question. And, <laughs> So we know that you have to go soon, and I want to ask you one quick question. Yeah, if, they, yeah, it seems, if we can. It, right, history would tell us that that's a possible. <laughs> okay. So uh, we all know that you teach music performance yes. here and have been for what, 30 years. 30. Right? 29. 29. 29 years. Close enough to 30 to spend. Are there, yeah. is it possible to give the class and our audience three things? that you think are the most important? Yes. Fantastic. Um, I thought that was going to be a no, for sure. I didn't think there was any way. Watch your creativity land. It's not enough to make it. You must watch it. Watch it leave here and fall there. How are people doing in the presence of your vision? When you do something that they like, do that again. When you do something that they don't like, <laughs> don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's number one. Number two is don't be nervous. If you cannot control your nervousness, go home. How dare you stand on stage and think about yourself, which is what your nervousness is. Nobody needed your vision. 
Their lives were good without you. This was your idea. You are to do it clearly, concisely, with focus, and discipline. You present. It is not their job to listen. It is your job to be heard. Be clear. Sing your melodies clearly. Be in time so people have a reference point. Yes, watch your music land. Don't be nervous. And above all else, add value in whatever the thing you choose to do is. You add value. You don't worry about making money. Money is a manifestation, is a exchange of a mutually agreed upon unit of exchange of value. And if you don't add value, you practice the piano, you're a good player, you want to be a singer and a songwriter, but somebody's hiring you to go out and play piano for them, you play piano, you add value to what they do. Good. You get paid for it. Um, until you prove that you add value, you cannot charge money. I love it when parents say to me, I would never let somebody exploit my child. And I go, well, then you, your child isn't going to work because <laughs> you have to prove that right now you haven't proven that you can add value. Love it. All right. Sarah? Michael, Adam, pleasure. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Oh man, that was so much fun, you guys. So fun. Thank you guys, and you know what? We don't say this enough. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, and being part of this with us. This is so much fun. I mean, we love bringing you insider information like this. But let's not forget, we actually get to have a pretty good time doing this. Absolutely. Which we hope will serve as a uh, an example of what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Go have a good time doing what you're doing. Time. Right. Exactly. Have a good time. All the time. <laughs> That's, Marty. My philosophy. That's my philosophy. Again, Spinal Tap quote. So if you guys have not watched Spinal Tap yet. <laughs> it's time to do it. It's time to watch Spinal Tap. Right so, after you go back and listen to some Livingston Taylor music. Absolutely. And and again, I you know, I hate to harp on my favorite, but his debut record. Debut record. Phenomenal. Just simply called Livingston Taylor. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Definitely. So And we will continue to bring you unique perspectives. Absolutely. And informative guests. Absolutely. Because remember, you got this. We'll get you back.